0: Episode 27 Taking Care of Chester Ray Stadium 1983 to 1989 When I became the athletic director in 1983 a big part of my new responsibilities involved the care of Chester Ray Stadium I admit it wasn't all my responsibility since the 1970s, the head football coach had been paid a stipend to care for the grass inside the stadium. And after the stadium club was created during Bill Dennis's tenure, those men handled marking the field for football games. Everything else was pretty much left to me and the school's maintenance director, Randy Jury. Randy and I became very good friends during my time as AD, partly because of the time we spent together at the stadium. Maybe you remember attending one of those Saturday afternoon playoff games when Bill Dennis's teams were having such success. For those one thirty games, Randy and I would typically arrive at the stadium about 8 a.m., and we would be the last to leave, usually after the sun had gone down. There was a lot of work that went on behind the scenes during football season. Perhaps the least glamorous job at Chester Ray Stadium was emptying the metal trash barrels the day after a home game. I'll pause here a moment to remind listeners that for my first four years as AD, I was still teaching classes for three periods a day. So, I had to dress for the part of an education professional. I dealt with the very different roles of trash collector and teacher in what I thought was a practical manner. I kept a pair of coveralls, rubber overshoes, and gloves in my truck at all times. In just seconds, I could slip these on over my dress clothes and be ready for dirty jobs. Randy and I had to load each of the barrels onto the school truck and then drive to the dumpster at the bus barn then we had to empty the barrels one at a time into the dumpster since the barrels did not have plastic liners i think you can imagine what a stinky mess the process created when you think about chester ray stadium The first thing that probably comes to your mind might be the great atmosphere that was created there for football games. But I can tell you that a great many other memories involved a completely different season and sport. The stadium was also a venue for track and field, and in its prime, it was considered an outstanding site for meets. When the stadium was built, a 440-yard track was the standard. The surface for the track at the stadium was unusual for its time. I was never sure whether, whether the correct term for the surface was crushed brick or red dog, but it was considered a very fast track in the 1970s. By the time I became AD, all-weather tracks were just becoming known in our area. The first all-weather tracks were usually at colleges. The first that I remember being used for high school meets was at Central Methodist in Fayette. But the 400-yard track was mandated just as I became in charge of home track meets. Again, I want to pause briefly to explain what a monumental leap it was for me to manage home track meets. When I was in high school in Oklahoma, we were too small to have track. We played baseball in the fall and in the spring. I did participate in a county-wide open track meet as a high school senior. Our school wouldn't send a coach, so three of us boys drove ourselves to the meet. Based on my base-stealing success for four seasons of baseball, I entered myself in the 100-yard dash. I should have known that that was a mistake when some of the runners carried those strange metal-looking things up to the starting line. Yes, I had never seen a set of starting blocks. Well, needless to say, my high school track career ended quickly with me bringing up the rear in the opening heat. Of course, Marceline had a boys track program when I came here in 1970 and they added a girls program shortly after. But remember, I coached boys' golf for the first 12 years I was at Marceline in the spring. I had never watched a track meet when I became the AD. But despite my inexperience with track and field, it fell to me to oversee the use of Chester Ray Stadium for the sport. Converting the 440-yard track to 400 yards was not an easy task. We couldn't move the curb on the track, so we had to make all new reference marks for every race. And not just for starts and finishes, but also for exchange zones. Terms like staggers, lanes, alleys, and waterfall became part of my new vocabulary. Very few people probably remember how the lane markings were placed on the track back in those days. It was done with a white powder, not lime, but marble dust. We purchased this from South Missouri in 50-pound bags usually a pallet load every year. When the lines needed to be colored, we used tempered paint powder, often appropriated from the art room. The biggest job in marking the track was putting down those lanes. For this, we had a contraption that might resemble a small multi-row corn planter. It had seven boxes, one for each line, that dispensed powder as the rig was pulled around the track. Yes, pulled. By hand. This was not an easy task, because the thing had to be pulled evenly. Otherwise, you would end up with squiggly lines. At various times, I recruited track coaches, kids from PE classes, and even my family members to do the pulling. This was not a one-time job. Every time it rained, the powder washed away. Even without rain, the lines faded and had to be redone. There was a lot more work that went into readying the stadium for track and field. High jump and pole vault pits had to be positioned. Boundaries for throwing events had to be marked. Hurdles had to be ready. But when it came to hosting a track meet, one of the most challenging things was recruiting enough workers Coaches usually handled the timing duties and some of the field event supervision, but you still needed an announcer, scorekeepers, hurdle jockeys, and, of course, a starter. I tried to find someone in the community to take on the role of starter. I certainly didn't want to pay the going rate for a licensed official, when it wasn't required for small meets. When no local person could be found, the only solution left was to do it myself. So for six years, I started every track meet at Chester Ray Stadium, except for the conference meets, which required a licensed person. I have to say that this became one of my favorite tasks during my time as AD. I admit to purely selfish reasons for my enjoyment of this role. For a brief time before each race, the starter becomes the focus of attention. There is no action on the track until he says so. What an ego trip! Of course, as soon as the starter fires the gun, he is immediately forgotten as the runners take center stage. But there's always another race. One thing that happened during my time overseeing the stadium has always left me with an appreciation for living in a small community. After more than ten years of use, The surface of the track was in need of repair. This required having more of the crushed brick or red dog shipped in. This could only be done by rail. The cost of the material was reasonable. What made me extremely nervous was that there was a significant charge for every day the railroad cars sat on the siding. Since the cars were designed to be unloaded from the bottom, I was very worried. There was no way to unload the cars from the bottom at the Marceline site. I wasn't the one who figured out a method for unloading the cars, and I didn't organize the hauling of the material from the siding to the track. And the spreading process was also not part of my responsibility. All of these things were done by people from the community. Grain augers were used to unload the rail cars. Dump trucks were provided by local farmers and by the city. City equipment was also used to spread the new material evenly over the track. It was amazing to see how this colossal task was accomplished by volunteers at no cost to the school district. It has always been a favorite memory of mine when I think about Chester Ray Stadium. Not all of my memories of the stadium are so involved. Some are fleeting moments. Looking back, I have some wonderful snapshot memories of Chester Ray Stadium, both from football and from track and field. Here are a few. Delivering the bell to the cheerleaders in the stadium before the bell game kickoff and listening to the roar as the crowd responded. Being there when the executive director of Misha attended a playoff game in a snowstorm, opened the door at the bottom of the press box, only to see it blow completely off the hinges. Driving the city's steamroller from the old fire barn to the stadium to roll the field my daughter staying behind after home football games and helping me lower and fold the flags. Watching Kelly Toops round the east turn of the track and explode to the finish line, holding back tears as the funeral procession for Chester Ray passed by the stadium where the Black Rage flag flew. Yes, Chester Ray Stadium holds a special place in my life as a Marceline Tiger.